Thanks for joining us for the Fight for Your Marriage podcast with Charlene Steinkamp. This is a place where you can find hope for your marriage through Jesus Christ. Hi, I'm so excited to share a new podcast for you. Tom and Amy are sharing their testimony of going through trials and tribulations, getting divorced and getting remarried, and they have a family of boys. You are going to be blessed and encouraged about their testimony. Enjoy. We are thrilled and excited today to talk to a restored couple, Tom and Amy. I've been blessed to be able to speak to them before and hear their whole testimony, and now we're going to share it on a podcast for you all to hear what God has done in their hearts and lives. So Tom, Amy, we're thrilled to have you. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you, Charlene. It's great to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. We want to have you start to share about your marriage and how you met. Did you have a good family life with your parents as as examples? But just start sharing from the beginning a little bit about your childhood, and then we'll go into um, all the rest of your story with uh, marriage and uh, the future. Okay, sure. Amy, why don't you go ahead and start? Okay. I was, uh, I grew up in the church with my parents, and I was an only child, and so um, along with that comes a little bit of stubbornness, I think, (laughs) so I was a little headstrong, um, but thankfully, you know, the Lord got a hold of my heart at a very young age, at seven years old, I accepted Christ as my Savior, and um, my parents made sure that you know, I learned the truth about Christ, and they taught me the Bible. Um, We were in a church that preached on the Bible, and so, um, you know, I I felt like I had a a great upbringing, um, very strong parents that loved God and, you know, wanted to make sure that I was taught those same principles and that everything was biblically based. So, um, grew up in a great family home went to went off to college um, at that point Tommy and I began communicating a little more often um, we had a friendship because we had met in church and um, at the time I lived out of town I went away to college and so I lived out of town but when I came in we saw each other often and um, we started spending more time together and then um, got to be pretty good friends. We went yeah, we, we together. spent we spent time together hanging out, and at that time I was, I, I think I was definitely into you more than you were into me. Yeah, the Lord wasn't ready to uh, bring us together at that point, and so uh, it was all in His timing. Yeah, so um, then then we sort of broke off contact for a year or two. Didn't really. Uh, talk a whole lot until yeah well it wasn't very easy to talk either because I um, ended up moving to Egypt and um, worked worked there for two years in ministry and um, it was wonderful a wonderful experience and so at one point he reached out through what maybe email I guess Uh, I think through email, he reached out to me, and that's when we kind of started, you know, chit-chatting back and forth again, and I let him know that there was going to be a group from our church, and at the time, he was still a part of that church, and um, a group was going to be coming out to visit, and, uh, you know, mentioned it to him, and was asking if he was interested in coming out, and so he did. You want to pick it up from there? Yeah, I did, and and at the time, I I, I sort of had lost hope. I, I I didn't see coming out there as anything other than just an opportunity to go to the Middle East and to see Amy, but not in any kind of uh, romantic way or uh, anything right. like just that. Just to serve no, the Lord. I just yeah. Um, and after after spending some time out there, 
uh, come to find out, she saw me in a totally different light. I think it was just all the time away from the States that did it to her. <laughs> and she saw me in, an, in a completely new light. And it was the first male I had seen that was an American in a very long time. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, that, that rekindled something. Yeah, yeah, that rekindled something in my heart, and um, uh, so we we continued to communicate uh, while she was away in in Egypt, and really developed a a close relationship, uh, even though it was long distance. Um, well, and at the point that he came out to on the trip and visited, um, I as soon as he walked through the airport gates, he was right. I saw him in a different light. And I, you know, just felt God pulling at my heartstrings. And, um, you know, I just, I knew in my heart, this is going to be my future husband. And we, you know, we had known each other for, what, at that point, maybe 10 years? Yeah, something like um, that. And but had never dated, had never really, you know, shown much interest. And in, No kind of, well. No kind of. I, I, I had been at times romantically interested in you, and it wasn't reciprocated. Okay. Yeah. Right. So um, I had sort of given up yeah. on that. But 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 the way uh, that whole courtship was orchestrated by the Lord bringing me out there and uh, Him opening her eyes was just sort oh, of a confirmation divine. to me that yeah God was God was in this, mm -hmm. uh, and um, that that's that that was one of the things that when when things went south uh, several years later I always had in the back of my mind and you know we're not supposed to argue uh, with your prodigal uh, and try to win arguments but one of the things I would say was that you know God was in this he did bring us together um, but uh, going back to my background now when I grew up I I, um, I did grow up in a church we actually grew up in the Chicago area and uh, I'm one of four four boys and so I'm the oldest and uh, we, we grew up in very um, legalistic churches and unfortunately for me uh, that sort of skewed my uh, opinion of what marriage should look like in a lot of ways it was uh, there was a lot of uh, heavy-handed sermons I was exposed to uh, not a lot of grace in the sermons um, when it came to marriage and roles that were defined uh, by the pastor I I would always remember the, the verse that says women are to uh, submit to their husbands all the while forgetting how husbands are to treat their their wives and um, so that was um, that wasn't good growing up hearing a lot of that stuff but uh, regarding in the context, in, 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 the context in which it was given that's right and so um, I was saved at a very early age and continued um, in to be involved in church and we went to Christian schools and I mentioned earlier where went to to, uh, to university there and um, having grown up in a Christian home and a Christian school uh, I was very exposed to the Word of God I, I knew uh, what the Bible had to say about things now putting into the practice once I got older and out on my own that was another story right uh, I had a lot of head knowledge yeah of scripture uh, but not a lot of heart knowledge and um, I brought a lot of baggage, I would say, into the marriage that I kept suppressed. Um, and it, it, it ultimately was a, uh, it did a lot of damage to our marriage because it, uh, it eventually started to rise to the surface and, and manifested itself in ways that were very unhealthy and very hurtful to Amy. How long did that take once you all got married? When did you first start to see some behaviors and things that were concerning and beyond just the, you know, adjusting to marriage problems? Oh, it honestly, it was almost immediate. Was um, it, it was, yeah, as soon as we got married, I would say within a month. Um, I know for a fact within three months, we ended up having quite a big argument. And, you know, I just said, I don't even know who you are. Like, this isn't the person that I married. Um, unfortunately, I uttered words I completely regretted, which were, I wish I would have never married you. 
And that was just three months into the journey. Um, now, I did apologize at that point, and, you know, we tried to mend things. Um, and I did everything, I felt like, on my end uh, at the time that I could. You know, I, I, oh, I was praying for him. Um, I was trying to do everything. And, and at that point, I really was trying to work to be a good wife. I felt like if I just worked a little harder or cooked a little better or, um, you know, made the house a little bit cleaner that maybe then he would love me. And, um, what I didn't realize is that, like he said, he had some issues that were suppressed and, um, he had, you know, some things, some sinful behaviors that were hidden and I, I wasn't aware of those. You know, that's almost identical to how Bob and I were exactly marriage problems right at the beginning and and Bob was a totally different person and I didn't know why and what was going on and if you read his books it talks about the pornography and all what he had opened himself up to as a young adult that I didn't realize at all when we were dating we just never showed it at all so it's very parallel and it is it's, it's like you don't know who he is it really means really literally right. feels that way Right. Well, that I'm sorry. Um, I, I was going to say that 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 type of struggle for men is is something that is very difficult to own up to, and uh, it uh, it manifests itself in in a lot of ways. But for me, it mostly came out through anger mm -hmm. and a uh, lot lot of lot of shame as as well. I would often uh, retreat and try to escape. Mm -hmm. uh, it was just not a good. It was horrible, actually, what it was doing to me, making me calloused and cold-hearted. It was hurting Amy, and um, I let it go unchecked for far too long, to the point where she was um, ready to just call it quits. Mm -hmm. I mean, the fact that she stayed in as long as she did is, uh, is a miracle in and of itself, because I, I gave her no real reason to want to stay uh, in a marriage with me. Yeah, and I had prayed for him for, at that, I mean, we had, in the beginning, you know, I started seeing it early on, but um, I stayed in the marriage and just continued to pray for him for, for 10 years at that point. Wow. And at 10 years is when the breaking point came for me. I felt like that there was no real hope. He had, you know, made promises upon promises to change and to be different, and he would apologize and um, let me know that things would be different this time, all the while going back to where we ended up, you know, starting from. And it all boiled down to my reluctance to fully submit to the Lord and allow Him to rule and reign in my life. I was not willing to do that until the Lord broke me. <laughs> During that 10 years, did you all ever seek counsel outside of your home? Did you go to counseling? Did you speak with pastors? Did you have anybody that came in to try to gather with you and help you through the problems? Well, I, I will tell you that um, I was very protective of our situation. And yeah. so we we went to church, but I was careful not to get too involved yes. because I, I felt in so doing that would open me up to be exposed <laughs> for the for the fraud that I was. Right. Uh, but in terms of counseling, we did, we did make an attempt at one point early on, and I just my heart wasn't in it. It was, it was basically, okay, Amy, I'm going to go because you're hounding me. That way I can check it off my list. And, right. uh, it, it, and he went once. And I went once. And that was it. Yeah. And, uh, I wasn't taking it seriously at all. So that there were, there were plenty of opportunities. The church we attend now is where we were going prior to, um, our split up and, and divorce. Um, but they have great ministries out there. Uh, and I, I knew there were problems. It was, you know, basically due to my pride that I didn't want to have somebody else come in and uh, fix what I should have fixed on my own. Yeah. And that's very common. We hear from people constantly that they're sitting in the pews and they are ashamed to be honest with people and to say, hey, I'm struggling with this. But meanwhile, every pew is filled with families that are human, that are going through these struggles that that are facing the same thing. Well, what finally happened to lead to your separation? What what was the final, you know, breaking point? 
at the at the time when we were having major issues, as Tommy stated, he didn't want to plug in and get too connected. Um, and so at the time, we had three children. We had just had our third child, and I believe our youngest child was around one years old. Okay. And, um, you know, we, uh, and a lot of times, even if the excuse wasn't coming from Tommy, he would say, well, you know, you're, you're still nursing. You just had a baby. You're still nursing. It's hard to go to church. It's hard to plug in. So let's just wait until you're done nursing. And at that point I was finished nursing and he still wasn't interested in plugging in. And, um, I think just, I had, given up honestly I had been praying for 10 years it didn't seem like anything was changing and uh, it, his it anger was, it was it was getting much much worse oh yeah his in terms anger of my was, anger and how I would blow up right it and, was progressing uh, it, it was to the point where Amy was scared of what I could do I yeah. mean you um you start yelling and screaming you know, when your your voice is raised to a certain level, the person who's hearing it is going to think, "Okay, what's going to come next?" Right. And um, that was that was very scary for her, and uh, so she um, she felt it in her best interest to protect herself and the boys. Although I had not physically uh, laid a hand on her or them, uh, for her it was a matter of what could happen, happen. next mm -hmm. if this wasn't controlled. I think also really probably the the straw that broke the camel's back was at the point where I remember one day um, something had happened with our children and I remember seeing them just kind of cower down and be so fearful when Tommy was talking to them. And I remember at that point thinking, you know, he can talk to me the way he wants to, and I can take it, but he can no longer do this. Our children can no longer live like this. I don't want them to fear him, and I don't want them to think that it's okay, you know, 20 years down the road for them to speak to their wives in the same manner in which he was speaking to me. And I think at that point, I just had had enough. Um, and I told him, you know, I need you to leave the house. You need to leave. Yeah, and I, I, I did that because I, I recognized just how scared you were. And I, at that point when I was asked to leave is really when I started to take things seriously. Yes. And so uh, I did that in faith, uh, more or less promising, all right, I'm going to take things seriously. I, I started with biblical counseling at the church and uh, at long last uh, many of the struggles that I'd been dealing with uh, for years I was losing battles repeatedly over and over uh, I started the process of gaining victory of over them you know through Christ of course mm. uh, but uh, I had cultivated an environment in my home that was toxic I was not leading like I was supposed to be leading and uh, unfortunately, my actions had, had served to callous my wife's heart and to harden her heart towards me. And uh, I, that, was, that was on me. That, that was on me. And I had to take, uh, I had to take responsibility for that. And I knew that... When I knew when Amy asked me to leave, I knew something major was going to happen. Yeah. I knew God was doing something because he got my attention oh, yes. in a major way. And, uh, you know, he had been trying for so many years, and I had been refusing. And, uh, my goodness, that that is where our foolish stubbornness is just, I, I don't understand it, how we can be so stubborn at times you know god is pricking our hearts mm -hmm. and we just refuse to to listen and it gets to the point where god has to do something major right to get a hold of us and uh that's what he had to do for me but god says he chastens those he loves mm -hmm. and so it's not because he's 
he's trying to punish us is because he's saying, son, I love you, and this is what I have to do right. to bring you back to praise me. And, and praise God that he did. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, so Amy, at this point, you see Tom going through biblical counseling. Do you know what's happening in his life, or do you see a change, or are you still feeling a little uh, sick of what's been going on for 10 years? Yeah, at, at that point, I did see um, some change. I mean, I wanted to believe that he really did mean what he was saying. Um, he even came to me at one point and and you know, made some confessions to me. He said, look, I have lied to you long enough. I need to be honest with you. I want to let you know what's been happening, what's been behind some of my anger issues. Um, he spoke to me very honestly. And at that point, um, I just felt like he was using that as an excuse. So he would have a reason to blame it on something and that, you know, he, he's here, here we go again. He's never going to change. He's just wanting something to blame it on so that I would see, hey, it wasn't my fault. This was happening in my life. Um, we can, you know, work through it. And at that point, as he stated, my heart was so calloused um, that I just wanted no part of, of reconciliation. And you know, thinking back on it, it's so, so terribly sad to me because I had been praying for 10 years for God to touch my husband's heart, for God to change his life, for God to bring him to his knees so that he would have to come to the cross and, and cry out to Jesus. And that's exactly what happened. And at the point where God was changing his life, I said, no, thanks, God. I've waited long enough. I am done. It's on my terms now, and I'm going to live my life the way that I want to and make my own choices. I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired of praying. I'm done. Did you see that as disobedience or realize that you were falling into a trap of the enemy trying to deceive you to give up on him where you would normally said oh this is an answer why all my years of praying <laughs> right no obviously I mean I was so deceived I was so blinded at that point I feel like my and Tommy's um, roles had switched had reversed you know at this point he was the one pursuing right. me and he was the one you know chasing after me asking me to to be a part of biblical counseling to go with him to make changes in our lives um he had even promised you know our marriage will be completely different because i'm inviting the lord into it for the right. first time right. you know together and at that point i just i i still didn't want any part of it. I did not see it as being disobedient. Um, I'd, I'd say a part of me knew that it was wrong. Absolutely. I knew what I was choosing was wrong. Um, but I do feel like I just, uh, you know, I was so blinded and, and Satan tricked me. I mean, he right. successfully tricked me into believing that there was no hope. And, and I did. I believed God has the power to resurrect any broken marriage. He has the power to change lives, but he doesn't have the power to change my husband. And I believed, I believed the lie. And that, and those, those lies were being echoed by uh, people in your life yes. at the time. And even Counselor, Christian, Christian counseling at the time. Amy, were you hearing over and over that there was no hope and that he could not possibly change? Or what were you being told? <laughs> Absolutely. He will yeah. never change. You know, don't believe him. Don't listen to him. Now, I did have a few people in my life that, you know, I think helped me keep an open mind. They didn't necessarily say he will never change. Um, but just, you know, take it slow and, and see what happens. Um, from those that 
I think, truly loved the Lord and, and had our best interest at heart as far as our marriage. Uh, I think some, you know, very few people were trying to keep my heart open to the possibility of in the future, maybe you could get back together, but not right now. Uh, but for the for the most part, yeah, um, the friends that I had at the time, though, they were not good for me. I had chosen to um, associate with friends that were not, you know, close believers. They were not um, you know, choosing to be in a daily relationship with the Lord. And so uh, the close friends that I was was associating with at the time, um, absolutely they were telling me, oh, you can never believe him, don't trust him, um, he will never change. And then, you know, the quote-unquote Christian counseling, which I think uh, it's safe to say, you know, not all Christian counseling is biblical counseling. Right. Um, the Christian counseling that I was receiving was, I think, anything but Christian. Um, it was in name only, and I was not being guided to pursue my husband, to, res to uh, pursue restoration. Um, it was more uh, counseling based on my feelings. Um, well, what, you know, and I, I found myself often thinking, what? actual counseling am I getting? Because it seemed that if I wanted to restore my marriage, the counselor would push me in that direction. If I felt like that I did not want to restore my marriage and that I wanted nothing to do with my husband, that the counselor pushed me in that direction. And so ultimately it came down to, well, what are you feeling? And at the time I was feeling like I didn't want to be married. <laughs> yeah. So he, so your counselor was there to reinforce whatever feelings you were having, be it right or wrong. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah. And they just didn't open up the word and give you hope and encouragement that you needed to see that God could do anything and could, could touch your husband. He's touching him. Now we need to work on you both together. Right. And in fact, I think it encouraged actually quite the opposite um, I was focusing more on his actions and what he had done to me right. the history. and I, the history, right. And I wasn't focusing on myself and, um, the realization that even though I had stood in my marriage and I had prayed for my husband, um, you know, at that point in time, I was not praying for my husband. I saw him as an enemy. I did not see him as, you know, my beloved. And so I wasn't pointed back in that direction. It was focused on the past, um, you know, what what's better for my future, how I can move forward and dream bigger on my own. And that was difficult for me to hear because I understood that you know, if you really were getting good biblical instruction, we would both be headed in the same direction. Right. To God, which would which would bring us together and we were we were going Opposite further and direction. further apart. So I knew something wasn't something wasn't adding up with the so counsel just getting. It's fair to say, Amy, you became the prodigal. After ten years of praying Absolutely. for your prodigal, you were now I the prodigal. The prodigal. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, Tom, what's going on in your mind and, and your heart as you're growing closer to the Lord and thinking, I'm doing what she's wanted for so long, and now she doesn't want that? Where do you stand? Well, it was, it was very difficult at first because I was, I was taken out of the home. And so I, I lost what was familiar to me. And early on, we had the, I ended up getting a lease at an apartment, thinking all the while this was going to just be temporary. In fact, Amy had said she wasn't interested in divorce, and that sort of gave me hope that, okay, this is going to be for a season, and then things will be fine. But And that, I ended up, I, I shared that with him. Um, really, I was willing to say anything at that point just to appease him and get him out of the house so that I could prepare divorce papers. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. had no intentions so of getting I, back together with him. So I, I sensed things were, were moving in the opposite direction. And it was, it was weird for me at the time because the closer that I was growing to the Lord, it seemed my circumstances were becoming more dire. 
and more strained with Amy. Um, and that was that was difficult for me to reconcile because I felt like, Lord, I'm I'm finally doing what it is you want me to do. I'm I'm listening to you now, and this is this is how I'm being answered. But you know, through the biblical counsel that I've been given, and uh, my eyes being opened, because uh, one by one the strongholds that had been established in my life, the sinful strongholds, uh, were being cast aside, and I was clinging to Christ. Uh, through studying the Word and the good biblical counsel, uh, I was becoming more aware that the battle I was facing was a spiritual battle, and um, my burden, my burden, uh, became one for Amy that her heart would be changed because I saw that it was, it had turned to stone, and I began to wonder about her uh, spiritual condition and her relationship with the Lord. I became very concerned with that, uh, that she was pursuing something so willingly that God has openly said that he hates. I was not understanding that at all. Uh, but those times were very, very difficult for me. Um, I, uh, I, I threw myself into uh, involvement at the church where anytime the doors were open, I was there. And that, that was the best thing for me because it was uh, helping me develop new patterns, establish new patterns of behavior. Uh, the times I was able to spend with the boys, I finally felt for the first time I was being their father. I was mm -hmm. getting to know them individually. And so I, I just committed myself to grow and serve while I waited. I continued to pray God's will that in his perfect timing he was going to take care of all this. And I didn't understand how, but I knew that I was not to waver in my stand. Amen. You were in it for the long haul, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. were you in the same church at this time or were you in different churches? We, we were for a little time until uh, <laughs> I think she felt like there might be some accountability coming yeah. and I, I understand when you're oh, running yeah. when you're running that's the last thing you do not want to be confronted or called out yeah you've on, been there right <laughs> I have been there absolutely which yeah. is why I didn't want to be serious I wasn't serious early on yeah. and so uh I, I would say maybe three or four months into the separation she she said that she wanted to start visiting other <laughs> churches yeah the way she said it was there's a, another local church here it, it was a good church uh but she went there uh, one Sunday because she was late to come to ours and she used that as an excuse to say that well they're starting this new series and I really want to go hear this series <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm thinking and, okay and, yeah, that, yeah that's why you want to go you really want to uh, <laughs> but that was her excuse and uh, to her credit she did she she, she did go um, but you didn't really you didn't get plugged in or anything but you no. would be there to hear the sermons and there were times when you heard messages that should have pricked yeah. <laughs> your heart, but because oh, of the hardness there, um, it just it wasn't received. Yeah, yeah. and he's right. I, I chose to go to another church because the church that we were attending at the time, they are a Bible-believing church, and they practice church discipline. Oh. And I feared church discipline. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, at that point, I said... God, I'm running my life my way. I'm doing my thing, you know, my thing my way now. And part of that was just abandoning, you know, where my husband and my kids went to church. And our kids, you know, I think maybe they went to church with me once or twice. But for the most part, they went with him every single week. And I left and went to another church. And purposely did not plug in because I did not want any kind of involvement. That, that was good for me, though, because it was at that point I was leading the way I was yes, supposed to be leading. Was. I was right. taking charge. I was I was attending church. I was making sure that children uh, were in church. I even took an active role in, in teaching. We had yes. an Awana program right. at our church on, on Wednesdays, and I started doing that. Um, and so it was good in that sense that it helped um, mold me into the type of, and that's not to say that I'm perfect now. I'm far from it. We're always grown, <laughs> but it's like um, the Lord was, the yeah, uh, yeah. Point. The Lord was showing me what it meant to be a, a godly Christian leader at that point. Mm -hmm. Amy, did you realize how far you were walking away from the Lord at that time? 
did you did you realize you had just were walking away not reading the word not praying and doing being disobedient to the word of god but basically right um really i i did at times because as tommy stated i did go to church regularly i even read my bible regularly um and I, I, I wondered I, what Bible she was reading. <laughs> yeah, um, and I, I, I journaled, but really what I was so, so blinded and so deceived that I would take scriptures out of context. Um, you know, Tommy would even confront me at times and say, hey, you know, here's a scripture reading. I would like for you, and he said it in a very loving way. I would like for you to read over this and just, you know, give me your thoughts. And I would take that as he's trying to trick me into believing something that he wants from me. And so I would read the scripture and kind of, you know, twist it in context um, so that I could continue living my life the way that I did. And in fact, I remember at one point, I don't remember what scripture or what we were talking about. I don't remember the subject. But I remember spending over three hours trying to find scriptures and references that would show him that divorce was fine, that I could leave him, everything oh, yeah. was well, done. Said uh, God divorced Israel. Yes. So, therefore, <laughs> I can divorce. Yes. You. Yes. He is okay yeah. with that. Yeah. I mean, I, I took things completely out of context. I also had, um, you know, told him he had been an adulterer multiple times, um, you know, because of things that he had viewed. Well, yeah, equating the porno- pornography with actual with affairs. With actual and affairs. So, yeah. Um, that, that was another thing that was used to justify. Yes. What I mean, he I. I mean, I said, you know, all kinds of just hurtful things that that I tried to use to justify my actions. And that's all I was doing as I was trying to justify my actions. Yeah. Let me read a scripture that came to mind as you were talking. It's Colossians 3.13. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And I was just looking at that earlier this week, and it's a painful scripture because when you're on the vindication train trying to, (laughs) you know, get everybody in your corner to say, I have reason to not want this man back. And then when you look at that scripture and you say, but I'm supposed to forgive as Christ forgave me. And it really hits us between the eyes, how we are supposed to be forgiving people that have wronged us. And that's hard to do. And especially when you had been so many years praying and and hoping for a change, um, it's not uncommon for us to hear when that person finally starts to change that people have a hard heart and and start to um, not want what they thought they wanted all that time. So what finally what finally started to break down in you, Amy? Where did where did um, you start to surrender to the Lord and allow your husband back in? Um, well, the the summer before we got back together, um, we started doing, was that when you were the soccer coach? Is that correct? Uh, that was a little bit before. Okay. But... Um, he was a coach for one of our boys' soccer teams. And so, you know, to, I think, help me agree to go on a family date with him, he would say, hey, why don't we go to eat after the soccer game? My treat. And so. Um, my, my, exactly. my, little, my little scheme, my little plan. <laughs> yeah. And he, he always used, you know, the boys would really like it, which, of course, the boys would love it. The boys loved to see their mommy and daddy together. Daddy together. Right. Absolutely. And so I would agree um, to to do those sorts of things. And as time progressed. Um, it became more regular and we had more occasions of what I would call family dating. There were even times that um, my mother and father would join us uh, if we would have, you know, any type of event where we're all together. He would invite all of us to go. Um, My mom and dad would go as well. 
And, uh, I mean, that's really how it started, just kind of family dating. And from there, I recognized that what he was saying to me was no longer just words. I could see Jesus just all, like, all through him. I mean, he, he became unfamiliar to me. I didn't recognize him because he was so different from the man that I had been married to previously. He had, amen. Well, he had drastically changed. I, that, that reminds me, Ezekiel 36, 26. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And basically, that is what the Lord did for me, is he transformed me. And you were finally seeing that for the first time. You, yes. you, you weren't really seeing me. You were seeing what the Lord had done in me because Correct. of his grace. Right. And so at, at that point, um, we grew closer. And um, my mom had always been very open to... Now, she saw, you know, some of the harsh behavior. But she had always told me to keep an open mind. She was one of the ones that, you know, didn't completely close off the idea to me uh, or to, to us being remarried. And so we went on, my mother and I went on a trip together, just, just the two of us. And during that trip, we had a very in-depth conversation about Tommy. And I told her, you know, he's different. Like I, he's not the man that I, you know, was married to for 10 years. I've seen God change him. And she agreed and reminded me that, that God has the ability to change hearts and minds. And maybe now it's time for me to change my heart. And so I remember just thinking long and hard that, uh, that trip with my mom about that conversation and it was it was two weeks later that the Lord took her home to heaven. Mm. And what was meant to be so sad because I was so incredibly close with my mom, he took and he turned the ashes into a beautiful remarriage and he restored Tommy and I from my mom's death and how he did that was allowing me to be vulnerable um, when my mom passed away I allowed Tommy back into my life he was the only person that knew where everything in our house was I was still living in our home together or uh, that we had together and when she passed away, he was able to come in and he made meals for us and he um, got the boys, you know, ready for, for bed and he got him ready for school and he took care of all of the things. And I didn't have to explain to him where everything in the house was located and uh, he just took care of it all. And I remember thinking, who, who did this? Who, who cooked this meal? Who you know, cleaned up all of these things. And it just, I mean, I guess it just didn't occur to me. I was just in overdrive mode trying to take care of all the business aspects for my mom's death. You know, and I remember a good girlfriend of mine said, Amy, you know, this is Tommy. Like, I can see he loves you deeply. And I don't understand for the life of me why you are so opposed to getting back together with him. Wow. And it was really after my mom's passing, um, I allowed him to come into our house for the first time in what it had been about two years, almost two years. Yeah. He yeah. came in um, and luckily we restored our marriage and he never went back. <laughs> well, I, I've, I felt like the Lord had been preparing me for mm -hmm. that specific circumstance where you were going to have such a need in your life and he was teaching me and preparing me up until that time to be able to step in when you needed it most and it was like all right son you got your turn to bat let's see what you can do <laughs> and, but the lord had been preparing me i uh, up until that point and uh, he allowed me to serve amy 
uh, in a way that I believe was honored, that was uh, that brought honor and glory to him. The way I should have been serving her for all of our marriage, but now she was seeing it for the first time. Right. Wow. And my mom died at a young age, and uh, when we were having marriage problems, and she kept saying. Keep praying and never give up. That's all I'll ever forget. Never forget that. Right. I wanted to go and have her justify poor (laughs) Charlene, you know, and woe is me. And she goes, you are never to get divorced. You know, God hates divorce. And she goes, you've got to pray and fight for your marriage. And when mom died, that just reiterated over and over that for God to get the glory we, you know, we needed to do that. And Bob, when my mom died, Bob stepped up and helped me through the loss of not only my mother, but six months later, my brother was killed uh, in service. And so it was just a double. And uh, and he rose to the occasion that I saw him in a different way that he normally didn't do. Right. And it's special. Tom, what would you say to a person who's standing that is where you were, where they're growing in the Lord, they're changing the things where they, the areas where they failed in the marriage, they're working on, but they're not seeing any traction or any softening in their spouse. What would you say to them today? Well, I, I would say first off, not to lose faith and to understand that, you know, prayer our prayers to God, they, they come in our timing. Answers come in His timing. Um, one verse comes to mind, actually called James 1, 6 two through 7. And this was a verse that I cling to during my stand. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. So for me, it was not only am I going to pray that restoration will occur. I am going to believe in my heart that because I am praying God's will, what he wills for marriage, that this is going to happen. And I am not going to be wavered by the thoughts of Satan that will enter my head or by others who will tell me to um, get on my life, get on with my life and move on. Uh, you know, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And uh, that, that's hard to believe when you see everything around you crumbling. Uh, but the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. So what the Bible says is absolute truth. So when it talks about the importance of faith and believing and standing firm uh, in your prayers and your petitions to the Lord and not wavering, we need we need to do that, not to doubt. Uh, we, we serve a faithful God who loves us. You know, and for me, when it came to uh, Amy and not giving up, I was just constantly reminded of how much love the Father has for us, that he would send his only son to suffer and die for us. Even while we were yet sinners, Christ suffered and died for us. My goodness, he was, he was forgiving and loving as he was being crucified. Uh, and he showed that love. And that love is what we are to demonstrate to all others, especially our, our, our spouse, when they've turned and they've run and they are, they are in a far country. Keep loving them and do not, uh, do not become bitter. The Bible says, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And this is all, it's all about staying strong and running uh, the race with patience and endurance. And so stay committed uh, to Christ, stay in the Word, feast on the Word of God, be involved in a local church, and serve while you wait. And remember, when it comes to um, pursuing your prodigal and staying faithful to your vows, um, Jesus never abandoned his bride, mm-hmm. and he will never abandon his bride. Uh, and that was that was that was shared with me early on, and it was great advice because you know God's not going to abandon me, uh, His bride, the church, and that's how I'm going to view Amy, regardless of what she does. I'm still going to love her. Your story could have had a much different outcome 
had you had the hardness of heart when Amy was saying, I'm done, I've done this for 10 years. If you would have given up and not obeyed God's wooing in your life, you could be in two different places right now. Oh, yeah, ab absolutely. It was all about obedience and submission. And oftentimes, you know, we don't want that because it's, it doesn't make us feel good. It doesn't make us happy. It, it, it's painful. It hurts. Uh, to, to, to endure that. Yeah, and I, I was hurt. Well, I, I mean, I, I acknowledge all the years that I hurt Amy, but during that time in the valley, I was, I was being deeply hurt by the, by the callous words and actions and just really felt forsaken. But, you know, er, early on, and I, and I mentioned this to uh, Charlene a while back, the importance of uh, ha having faith, but how gracious the Father is in that he gives us confirmations and signs that will help to sustain and encourage us when our faith is weak. And uh, I'll, I'll share this again. It was early on in our stand, my stand rather, I should say. Uh, I would say about uh, three or four months. Um, and this was at a time when I was, um, I was at the apartment by myself. And I was, um, I was having really a hard time sleeping, going to sleep. I was not getting very, very much rest at the time. Um, and so I devoted a lot of my free time when I couldn't sleep to prayer and to just talking to the Lord and reading scriptures. And uh, I remember one night in particular that um, I, I was I had a long day and I I was going to try to turn in. And um, I I read some scriptures and prayed and I, and I fell asleep. Uh, about an hour or so later, I was awakened. And I was just compelled to pray. I didn't hear any audible voice or anything like that. I just felt burdened to really uh, lift Amy up to the Lord. And I, I prayed for her intensely and for our marriage. Lord, please uh, restore our marriage. Turn me into the man that you'd have me be. Change Amy's heart. It was very intense. And I remember falling asleep to that prayer. About another hour later, I, I was awakened. And this has never happened to me before like this it was i would say about two o'clock in the morning i was suddenly awakened all right and um i was completely alert and i had a scripture reference running through my head it was isaiah 46 11. i was not familiar with the passage at all but i uh, i just i heard it in my mind the reference repeated over and over and over isaiah 46 11. and so i'm I'm awake, and I said, "All right, all right, Lord, I'm gonna, I'm gonna open my Bible, and I'm gonna see what this verse says." It says, "Calling a bird of prey from the east, the man of my counsel from a far country, I have spoken, and I will bring it to pass. I have purposed, and I will do it." And uh, I got to tell you, after I read that, I, I just broke down because I felt as though the Lord was, at that moment, He was saying, "I've heard your prayer." I'm answering you. It will come in my time. Amen. And praise God because that uh, that strengthened my faith in a mighty way. And I clung to that verse all throughout our stand. And you know, after the Lord restored our marriage, that actually became the um, uh, the the basis for which our our ministry was formed. Purpose marriage. That one verse there. Well, I'll tell you, that scripture means a lot to me because God gave that to me when Bob was gone also. Oh. And, oh, my word, when you said it, I knew right what you were going to say. And it's a powerful scripture. God gives us different rhema words, scriptures that are just for us as we're standing or praying for a trial or tribulation that you're going through. And he gives us a nugget of gold. And when he gives it to us, it's just like God saying, I got it. It's going to be just believe and hold on and just keep praying. But I'm, I hear you and I, I'm going to answer you. There are so many scriptures like that, that God has done that for me. And it's, it's tremendous. Well, how does your marriage look different today than it did uh, in the heat of battle? <laughs> what is restoration like? Uh, if you want to start, you can. Go ahead. Um, it is completely different. I remember at one point before we were restored, um, Tommy was pleading with me, and he was saying, uh, and it was at a point where I was receptive, and he said to me, Amy, if we get remarried, it will never go back to the way that it was, and it will never be 
the way that it ever was. It will be completely new. It will be um, something beautiful, something mighty, and something that is grounded in the Lord. And that is exactly how I feel like our marriage is today. Uh, I remember, you know, dreaming about if I could marry the perfect person, here's the list of things, and here's how a godly man in my eyes looks. And I can tell you that Tommy um, checks off every single box. He is an absolute wonderful husband to me. He is loving. He is kind. Um, he is a wonderful father. And I remember him saying, I will never raise my voice to you. You will never have to fear me again. And he absolutely kept that promise. Um, in fact, you know, I, I just look at him and it seems like it's so far removed that I don't even remember who that person was. And people that that do not, that did not know him, that know him now, you know, if we share our, our story, th they don't believe me. <laughs> they think, well, who, who are you talking about? Because I could never see him being that way. And I just give all the glory and praise to God for restoring us, for bringing us back together. And um, it looks completely different today. It's, it's completely different. I mean, where there was tension, there is now peace. Where there was anger, there is now laughing and rejoicing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I have a best friend now in my life that I live with, and he makes all things new, all areas of our life new. And uh, I, I can tell you it is nothing like it was before, and it was because uh, the the transforming power of the Lord Jesus Christ to take even the most desperate of circumstances and to turn it into something beautiful. Uh, and I, I always forget the verse, the reference about to him who is able to, here it is, Ephesians 3.20, now unto him that is able to exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. So how our marriage was before, there was no way I could have ever envisioned it would be to the point where it is now, only because right. uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. How long have you been remarried? This has been... This three, will be three years. Three years. Yes, yeah. three years. To God be the glory of what. Amen. Amen. Well, one thing that He has done in the three years is He has given you all a burden to share with other people that are facing what you're facing. And you mentioned it earlier, but I want to make sure that we bring attention to it. And you have a ministry called Purposed Marriage. And people can go to purposedmarriage.org and hear more about your story and find podcasts and um, get encouragement there, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the whole reason we do uh, Purpose Marriage is, is to give God the glory and to um, share with others our story of uh, transformation and to let people know that there is power uh, in the Word of God and through Christ to heal and to restore marriages. And we, we felt like if God has done such a perform such a miracle in our lives. I mean, it would it would be wrong for us to not share. to just sit back and um, not do anything. I mean, we are we are put here on this earth to to bring glory to God. And in our case, uh, he gave us a, a wonderful story. He had to take us through some fiery trials to get us to the point where we are now. Right. Uh, but we we have a burden to. Uh, to share this with others and and to help you know marriages are in such a, a horrible state these days um, you know I, I saw an advertisement in a little circular that we get where this uh, attorney was advertising agreed divorce for a quickie <laughs> for a really cheap price right. and you know you see those things in the way uh, society is just throwing away marriage so casually it's it's horrible you know what it does to couples and to the children and you know we want to try to make a difference for the kingdom and and to let people know that you know it, it the marriage is is worth saving and we're we're here to be an example to a lost and dying world of what uh, marriage is supposed to look like. And we we wanted to offer biblical hope because there are so many counselors and so many friends and family members that offer you know hope. But it's hope to move forward without your spouse. And, you know, the Bible is a book of restoration. And, 
I mean, that's the whole story. It's the whole about story is about God reconciling, you know, man unto himself. Exactly. Um, and so we wanted to offer that biblical hope to others and to make sure that they were, it was grounded and rooted and solid truth and that what they were seeking for their marriage, uh, that they had hope knowing that it can be restored. And we know that, you know, with God, all things are possible, no matter how desperate the situation or the marriage may seem, there is always hope mm -hmm. that Christ can restore it. Let me mention, um, while you say that, all things, many people are bound by pornography. What would you uh, suggest or how have you reached the freedom that you have, would you recommend for them to find help? One of the things that I, I did is that uh, in the course of biblical counseling, I was referred to a, a ministry now it's, it's, it's escaping me. Setting, setting Captives Free was the name of the ministry. Uh, and I went through that. It was an intense uh, three-month course of uh, scripture memory and correspondence back and forth uh, with a person who had been assigned to me at the time. And um, it was really just a, a matter of reprogramming uh, right. myself and replacing all the filth that had been in there, getting that out and... Uh, implanting the Word of God. And one thing, Charlene, that that really helped me uh, early on was a visual image that was um, uh, that I had heard of. And I, and as I visualized it, I just thought, oh my goodness, I, I can't believe that I was doing this. But uh, it was said that when we allow pornography into our homes and we set it before our eyes, it is as though we are kneeling before the altar of Satan. And uh, that mental image for me, I mean, really just painted a picture. And he, uh, it, it put it in the context that it needed to be placed in. And it, it, it really made me lose my appetite when it was framed that way. And so uh, that picture, along with the, um, the intense biblical counseling, uh, really worked to uh, help me get rid of something that had been a burden and a stronghold and in my life. Yeah, and, and when it was gone, I'm not, I'm not saying it's going to work like that for, for everyone, but when he uh, released me of it, I had no desire. I mean, it was just, it was like the plague. I wanted You were set free. Nothing. I was absolutely set free. Absolutely set free. Praise Captive no Lord. more. Yeah. Praise the Lord. And that's what that we, our people need to hear. Other men and women need to know that there is freedom in Jesus Christ. Galatians 5.1 regardless of what it is. And that's what we've got to always keep saying to them. We have blessed us, you've encouraged us, and you are going to bless so many other people with your testimony because it's real and they can relate to what you've all been through, both of you have been through, uh, taking different sides. And especially uh, for Amy, there's so many men and women that have been strong standers that suddenly the enemy deceives them and then uh, they don't want to stand or they find somebody else or whatever the situations are. And they then become the prodigal. And this is such a beautiful story of, of transformation in both of your hearts and lives. And to God be the glory for that. And we just are thrilled you shared it with us so we can share it with so many others that will be so encouraged by you and uh, get hope. Well, we are just... Uh thrilled to have had the opportunity, uh, you two, and uh, I, I know when I was having my time in the Valley, uh, uh, Rejoice Marriage Ministries was a source of great comfort and encouragement. Mm -hmm. I would oftentimes be listening in my car to um, a podcast or the Rejoice Pompano broadcast and hear the testimonies and the others, and that really helped sustain me through those dark times, and so uh, uh, what a blessing it was. Well, as we close, Tom, would you be willing to pray for us and to close us in prayer and just pray for the men and women who are standing for marriage restoration and also for the prodigals who are running from God and from their home right now? Absolutely. Dear Lord, tonight we humbly come before you, first of all, thanking you for your goodness, for your grace, and for your never-ending love. It's only because of you, Lord, that we have purpose and meaning in this life. 
Lord, may we never take for granted your kindness and patience that is generously poured out upon each and each each of us each and every day. Father, we want to thank you for this opportunity given to us to speak to those who are hurting, those who are suffering, those who perhaps have given up hope on their marriages being saved. Lord, we know that because of you, there is always hope. You are able to do more than we can ever hope or imagine. And we know that because of you, there is nothing that cannot be overcome. The God who spoke the universe into existence is the same one we now have access to. And I stand here as a living testimony of your power to transform and heal as you heard my prayers and responded in a mighty way. Lord, I pray tonight for all the men and women who may be listening to this broadcast. Father, I pray the Holy Spirit would convict us if we have allowed sin to creep into our lives and harm our walk with you and the way we manage our responsibilities at home to humbly serve and lead our families. Father, for those who have been abandoned and have been cast aside by their covenant wives or husbands for the pursuit of fleeting happiness, I pray you would strengthen, sustain, and equip, Lord, for any man or woman out there growing weary of standing and waiting for their spouse's heart to turn, I pray that you would impress upon them to feast on your word and to seek out godly influences who will encourage and support them as they seek to do your will by remaining faithful to their prodigal spouses. Lord, if there's anyone listening tonight who is considering leaving their husband or spouse, or maybe already has, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would bring conviction upon these individuals. May we realize the decisions we make in this life have eternal consequences. Lord, change their hearts and return them to their families. May they clearly see the error of their ways. May they realize that when they walk away from their wives and families or husbands, they are walking away from you. Lord, may we not be swayed by the enemy who constantly lies and never ceases in looking for ways to destroy our lives and our testimonies as Christians. Keep us grounded in your word and in your truth. May we not lead on our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge you. Lord, once again, thank you for this time you have given us. May the words spoken here this evening edify and encourage those who have heard. It's only because of you, Lord, that we have these testimonies to share. We give you all the praise and glory in your precious and holy name. The name that is above every other name, the name Christ Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. We love you guys, and thank you so much for sharing from your heart. God is going to use you mightily for other people, I know. Thank, thank you, Charlene thank you and Lori. So it was wonderful talking to you. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Google Play, be sure to subscribe so that you're notified when a new episode is released. And if you enjoyed this podcast and you found it beneficial, will you submit a review so it will help our rankings and other people will be able to find it? If you want to reach out to us, you can do so from our website, Again, www.rejoiceministries.org. Write us and tell us how you enjoyed this podcast. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages. Divorce strikes families around the world, often with little notice. You can help us minister to these families with your financial gift. Visit RejoiceMinistries.org and help us teach men and women what Jesus can do for their hurting family.